Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Well, we've been, we've been working through uh, the book of James, and we started out saying that the main point that James wants us to know is that he, well, he's hoping in everything that he says is going to be geared towards helping us to live in an authentic Christian community with one another. Um, that all of that, that we live in community together so that, that when we go out into our larger community, we can do the things that Jesus wants us to do in the world. We can be Christ's hands and his feet. Uh, he started off by saying uh, what there's, he wants us to know some wisdom first, uh, and that's kind of a big thread that runs throughout the entire book. But the wisdom we, we said that he wanted us to know was the wisdom to know from where our, our temptations and trials come. Some had begun to believe that God was the one who was sending these temptations, and James is like, no, it's you. Um, and, and so when we, when we recognize that our temptations to sin come from from us uh, and our kind of out of whack desires and things like that, um, when we know from where they come, uh, we can know, well, we can work on them anyway. But he also wanted us to know, like, where our help comes from as well uh, that our help comes from God and that God is giving us what we need to overcome those desires and temptations of sin. Uh, last week, we, we uh, moved a little bit farther and James admonished us to. Uh, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry. Uh, we noted that we don't often, we're not often really, we're not good listeners. We don't hear things the way that we should. Oftentimes when we're in conversations with folks, and this is especially true within the church, uh, we're, we're hearing, we're listening to what they're saying, but we're not really hearing them, or we're like focused on our rebuttal and it's just, it's bad. And so when we sit and we actually listen to what people are saying in conversation, um, we can hear what they say. And then our responses can be kind of filtered through the Holy Spirit and we'd be slow in our response. So we might truly enter into dialogue because the sweet Jesus knows that this world is short on people who are slow, are quick to listen and slow to speak. Uh, we need a little bit more of that actual dialogue. And, and now our church doesn't argue uh, like some churches that I've been a part of. Um, but, but, in order for us to have a good, authentic community, uh, we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Uh, the, the part of that, we said that it could be translated, um, it wasn't, your, your anger doesn't work against, works against God's righteousness, but human anger. And we found out, like, if, if we are always quick to be angry, we, we might actually be working away against God's work in the world. That, that all of the things that God is trying to do uh, all of the good gifts, James would say, that, that God has given to us, that when we're angry, and, and unduly so, that we actually are working against God's purposes for our own lives, but for our lives as, uh, as a community, our lives as, as the world. Uh, and so um, we're going to hopefully try to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry. Um, he ends that passage, though, with, uh, with a phrase that says something like this, like pure and undefiled um, religion, uh, true religion is, I don't know, 
You can look it up. It's in the, it's the first part of chapter 2. Un, uh, uh, to keep yourself unstained from the world and to care for the widow and the orphan uh, and things like that. And so um, he's admonishing us to, to truly put our faith in to action with those who are among us who find themselves uh, down and downtrodden. Uh, this is why I should write things that I'm going to say down uh, so that I can quote them correctly. Well, we move on, and, and uh, today he begins this little section with uh, kind of a loaded question. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? Well, um, this, like I said, these are kind of loaded questions. And, and a lot of people um, don't like the book of James or didn't like the book of James because there's this supposed contradiction between the things that Paul says and the things that James said. Uh, Martin Luther, the, the guy who you know, nailed like 95 things to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany, and was trying to reform the Catholic Church but ended up starting a giant reformation, Protestant reformation, and that's from where we come. Like our, our church is a part of that stream because we're not, we're not Catholic. Uh, ended up doing a whole lot of stuff. But one of the things he was focused on was that uh, it, was only, it was only by faith through grace that you and I receive our salvation. And so he, he really didn't like the book of James. I think Martin Luther, if it was up to him, it wouldn't have been included in the Bible. Uh, he would have just kicked it out because he thought, he thought that it was, well, downright heretical because James seems to be saying, um, if you have works but not, if you have faith but not works, uh, then it's worthless. He'll say that in a little bit. Uh, I, I won't bore you with, with all of that, but I think we need to understand uh, what we're talking about when we talk about works, and especially in relation to Paul. Now, Paul is mainly concerned with works of the law. Okay, so you remember your Jewish history, your Old Testament history, they had all of these laws and things like that. They were purity laws, things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. And um, there were some in, in Israel that thought, if only we could keep the law well enough, if we could only be pure enough, then God's kingdom would come and salvation would happen. And so when Jesus comes along and, and these Jewish Christians begin to, to follow Jesus, they think, they think that those who are converting to Christianity want, uh, need to continue to follow Israel's laws. Uh, when in reality, Christ has come um, to fulfill the law, and he fulfilled all of those things, and so uh, we aren't in bondage to that anymore, as, as, as Paul would say, but that we, uh, we don't earn our salvation, and God isn't waiting for us to be pure enough or to fulfill all the rules for his salvation to come. God's salvation is a gift of grace uh, as we believe. And so he's talking about the works of the law. Paul never mentions works apart from the works of the law. That is his focus. James, on the other hand, his focus is entirely about helping us to live in a faithful, authentic Christian community. He, ha- he doesn't have in mind works of the law. That's not the context that James is working in. Uh, and so there is no contradiction between Paul and James. Martin Luther, he was a smart guy, smarter than me probably, but he was wrong, okay? Uh, Paul and James, they're on the same team, and, uh, and, and we are as well. Well, he, uh, James goes on, and uh, he kind of, he under, he, he, well, these are rhetorical questions, right? But he answers them kind of with an illustration, with a, with a little story. And he goes, 
Um, yeah. So imagine, imagine that a couple have come into your, your worship gathering. They've come into your church, and you can tell immediately by the way that they are dressed and how, how like, skinny they are, that they, they, have, they are lacking in significant resources, uh, that they are not dressed appropriately for the weather. Let's say it's, it's uh, super cold, and they come in with you know, rags and stuff like that. Um, and you sit there beside them, and you worship together. You sing the songs. The pastor does the benediction, and, and you turn to them as you're about to walk out the, the door, and you say to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, uh, and just leave it at that. And James is saying, now if you do that, uh, and you don't supply their bodily needs, what good is your faith? Um, faith for James, you can prove your faith by the ways in which you take care of those folks around you. Um, It doesn't matter one bit if you say that you believe in God and in Jesus Christ if you've not put your actions and your faith, uh, actions to your faith, your faith is dead. Here's what I think James is saying is that faith that does not manifest itself in works of mercy or compassion it does not concretely care for others is useless, and it doesn't matter how much scripture you know or theology that you know. Now, that can sound really, really judgy. Uh, for me, growing up, like whenever I heard a sermon about like taking care of people or those kinds of things, I would always get super guilty because I wasn't doing enough. And, and some of that still happens to me like today. Like, obviously, well... I drive past the guy at the, uh, you know, the, the on-ramp to I-70 and just kind of go on my way. Uh, uh, but I don't think, I don't think well, th- there's a little more nuance to this. I think James is helping the people that he's writing to uh, correct their understanding about what's happening in the world. Uh, and correct their understanding of what Jesus is calling them to do. Uh, I think he understands that, that his readers only thought that they needed to put, like, mental faith into God. And that so long as they believed the correct things, they didn't need to really have any kind of transformation. He, uh, he's, clearly, um, he's clearly imagining the conversation that he's having uh, with the people who are reading. He, he's either imagining this conversation and anticipating their argument, or he's actually heard this argument already, and he's addressing it. He goes on and he says this. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. And James says, show your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. Uh, so he's saying, uh, someone is going to say, I believe in God. Now, um, there are surveys that happen all the time. Uh, religious folks like to do these kinds of surveys to find out like, how many people are still Christian in America. And often, like, the way that those uh, surveys are constructed, uh, it's very easy to be like, yes, I believe that there is a God. Uh, but it doesn't go much farther than that. Right? So, okay, well, so many people still believe in God, but it, doesn't, it hasn't shaped who they are or what they do. Uh, it hasn't, in James' word, show, you, show their faith by their works. He goes on. Uh, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. 
I always want to add like a dun-dun-dun after that. Uh, I I had an evangelism class in seminary, and it was the worst. Like, it was not that I'm not that I'm dogging like evangelism. That's a good thing. We should do that. But it was just it was a terrible it was a terrible class. And I remember uh, having a, a sheet of Bible verses that had just been like unceremoniously plucked out of the context from which they came. And this was one of them. And I had to memorize them for a test, like I was in third grade. And uh, so it was terrible, right? Plus, I'm really terrible at memorizing things. You guys know this, like. You experience it every week. If I don't write it down, it doesn't happen. Uh, But James is making a point here. He's like, you believe in God. Yes, you do. You say you believe in God. But let me tell you, like, the demons do as well. Uh, But the demons, they they believe that God is there, right? The God is one. That's kind of a big big thing for for the Jewish people. It comes up in the Shema, uh, Deuteronomy 6. Here's Here's what one commentator that I've read says. They genuinely believe in God. This is the demons. But the irrefutable fact is despite the depth of their belief, they remain demonic in their orientation and practice. In other words, their beliefs make no essential difference in their lives, in their behavior. James is likening those who have assented intellectually to a Christian doctrine or made decisions, decided to want to go to heaven when they die, He's equating those folks without ever actually appropriating authentic saving faith that those folks are like demons. At the very least, it puts you squarely out of sync with what God is doing in the world. James is saying it is not enough to just say that you believe in God. It is not enough to to just say a magic prayer and then to go on your way and have it not change your life at all. We can tell if you have faith by the way that your faith gets worked out in everyday life. All right, he goes on a little bit more. And uh, my iPad just did something that I didn't know it could do. There we go. All right. All right, he goes on a little bit before. And... uh, He says this. Uh, No, no, I got it. I got it. I'm just, I got lost. Um, He goes and he he makes this, uh, he uses a, a story from the Old Testament, actually two from the Old Testament to illustrate what he's trying to say. Abraham, when he goes to sacrifice Isaac on the mountain, you guys remember that story? Uh, God had promised Abraham a son. He finally has one. Uh, Isaac's, I don't know, 12, 13. God says, this is a really disturbing, really disturbing story. If you want to talk about it later, we can. Uh, don't have time to get in it now. But God tells him to go up on the mountain and to sacrifice his only son. So it would be like me taking Nate on a hiking, camping trip, making him carry like the wood that I'm going to you know, burn to burn his medicine sacrifice. And uh, I'm getting ready to kill him. And and uh, the point of that story for, for James is that, that Abraham, he didn't just say, yes, I have faith that God is calling me to be this. I don't just have faith that God is going to provide um, uh, an inheritance for me, that my children will be as, as many as the sands in the, the sea as the stars in the sky, and that all of the world will be blessed through me. Uh, 
In faith, he does this, he does this thing. He goes to, to sacrifice his own son. And the writers of the Old Testament say that that, that, that act, now he didn't kill a son, right? He killed a goat, that's right. Uh, that that was an act of faith and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. That, like Abraham showed his faith. Through his works. Now, um, verse 22 in that bit, which we didn't read all of it, it says this, and this is the key. You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by his works. Again, let me stress this. It is not the works that save us. It's our response to those things. We'll get there in just a second. But the important part is active along with. The word that James uses for active along with, or along with, is the word from which we get synergy. From where we get synergy. And we can define synergy like this. To work in partnership, to work together, producing through a partnership something that could not have been produced separately. As important as our faith that God is who God says he is. As important as our faith that, that Jesus is God in human flesh, that he came down and died and rose again and forgives us our sins, like all of those things, like they're not going to produce in us the transformation that need to be produced without us living out and working out our faith through acts of compassion and sympathy and love towards others. Faith alone cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of righteousness in you. And so the same way, that like working, doing good things, you can do all the stuff that is good in the world and that alone is not going to produce in you the transformation or the fruit of the Spirit. But when we put our faith and our works things that God is calling us to when we put those together we produce uh, produces in us transformation for the sake of the world God is using us uh, in that way Uh, thinking about this I I think that um, uh, John's gospel and Jesus will say this. He says, As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. And as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Like our works are a response to all the good things that God has done for us. That's including our salvation. And so if we say we truly have faith in God, if we truly have faith in Jesus, if we truly have faith, then we will respond to first the love that God has given to us. And then the sending that God has given to us. And that will be our works. Does that make sense? Uh, That we work out the faith that we have through the good things that we do. Now, um, uh, what does this look like? And and, uh, keep using that word works, and and maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. I think the story that James tells about the couple that comes into your, uh, your church and is, is not in good shape. I, I think uh, that's a good image kind of for what's doing. It, it is us taking care of the people around us. Uh, now, like I said at the, earlier, like I, I get a little guilty because I feel like I'm not doing 
enough of those good things to prove, to show, to work out my faith, uh, where the, uh, to produce in me what, what needs to be produced. I don't think, though, I don't think that what James is saying, it doesn't have to be giant or grandiose. We don't have to solve world hunger. We don't have to eliminate poverty. Uh, we don't have to, to do away with all of the social ills that plague our country and our world. Uh, because we're just, you know, one people in one church. Uh, but I think what we can do is we can walk around our daily lives and we can ask for God to give us the eyes to see and then the courage to do the things that God is calling us to do. So to see people who are in need and to meet that need in some kind of way. Now, uh, you guys are a generous bunch. And so I'm not, I'm not like berating you or pounding you for, for your lack of compassion and generosity. I have seen over and over how you all in small ways and some big ways work out the faith that you have in God in your care for those around you. So, so we read this from James not necessarily as you need to get your rear end in gear, but as in a, it's good to, for us to remember. For, for that when we only want to believe and just say we believe but not actually live out our faith, that we might remember that our faith, without trying to live it out in compassion and generosity, our faith is dead without that. I hope that makes sense. Um, simple acts. Simple acts of kindness and compassion. Generously giving out of what God has blessed you with. And it's not always physical, right? Uh, there are folks who need a friend. I think that's a working out of our faith. Uh, there are folks who just need to talk and get things off of their chest and to, I don't know, to heal. That can be an act of generosity and compassion. So we're going we're gonna to pray in just a second, and we're going to sing a song. Here's what I want you to think about when we, we pray and we sing this song. Someone told me this week that uh, they had begun praying that God would help them to know how to make the world a better place. Uh, and that's a big world. Maybe you can go out and cure cancer. I think that's a little world. That's the, the people that are sitting next to you, that live in the house next to you, that you go to school with. And so my prayer is, what I want you to pray, what I hope you long for, is that God would show you how you can make your world around you just a little bit better by working out your faith through acts of compassion and generosity and kindness so that you might, as the Father has sent us, that you might be sent in the same way, uh, that you may participate in the good things that God is doing in our world. It sure seems this week that we've had a lot, a lot of bad news. We can never forget and in the midst of that, God is still working for the restoration and salvation of all things. And God wants to use you, maybe in big ways, but definitely in small ways, to bring about his kingdom here on earth. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that you have uh, called us to be your church. Uh, That you have given us what we need so that we can have faith and that we might believe uh, that you are who you say you are and that you are doing what what you say you're doing in our world. Lord, forgive us for the ways um, in which we have not lived out our faith. Uh, Forgive us for only maybe saying with our hearts and our minds that we believe believe in you, but not actually doing anything that might really show that we do. Or as we go about our week, uh, may this continually be our prayer that you would help us to know how to be, how to make the world around us a better place. A place that looks more and more like your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And when you begin to reveal that, whether that be big ways or small ways, that you would, uh, that you would then grant us the courage and the strength to do those things that might bring your kingdom here on earth. Thank you for you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.